You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Uh oh, guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission, to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there, Station One listeners, and welcome to another episode. And this is a fun one. This is a crossover. We're joined by the fine folks from Earth Station Trek. We got Alan with us. What's up? We got, of course, Veronica. Hello. And Charles. Hi. And we are going to be talking all about Star Trek, the animated series. That's right. Woo-hoo. We've talked about some a lot of the other shows on in the past on our station one, and we've realized we never got into talking about the animated series, which ran from 1973 till 1974. And it is a ton of fun if you haven't seen it, folks, because this is the original cast and it has a lot of the original voices and even some of the guests that they have on it are from the original series. So it's kind of fun to do and look at, and this is going to be, you know, a great way for us to get involved. And of course we're joined by Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy, sir. Howdy. How are you, my friend? I am peachy keen and anxious to celebrating the 50th anniversary of the animated series. Isn't that amazing? It's crazy. It's like we can all feel old now. I remember <laughs> watching it originally. I was excited. It was Star Trek on Saturday mornings and everything. It was like so cool to watch. So this is gonna be a good one. And we definitely would love to hear from you guys. Please write us feedback at earthstation one dot com. We definitely would love to hear from you. But you know, we might as well jump in with both feet. Are you ready to go, Mr. Mike? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Um, you know, well, I mean, as you guys know, because I know you guys have covered this on on your show as well. But when the original series uh, went off the air in what was that? 69. Correct. Like correct. Uh, we thought that was it. That was done. Right. Star Trek was no more. But um, we got an animated series just a few years later. Um, does anybody know the exact like story of how that happened. I know I heard that they were trying to make an animated series while the show was on the live action show was on, but that for whatever reason fell through. Um, but then I know that there was a lot of fan support when the show went off the air. Was that the mm-hmm. big push to make an animated series? You think? 
Yeah, and I think people like Gene Roddenberry and Dorothy Fontana were still carrying the torch and talking to fans, and especially the rise of the the first Star Trek conventions. Yeah, um, was sort of around that time, and I mean there was an audience for it, but. I mean, also, a lot of 1960s shows got turned into 1970s cartoons, <laughs> some more successfully than <laughs> Oh, others. very much that so. Is, that is very true. That There was a, a whole rash of those kind of things happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And Filmation was behind a lot of them, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Filmation, man, they ruled the roost on Saturday mornings. Oh, yeah. They do. Them and they Hanna-Barbera. Exactly. They were the two powerhouses. Um, yeah. uh, for you guys personally, uh, we'll start with you, Alan. Do you remember, like, what was your first memory of watching this show? I no idea. <laughs> I, I'm I'm sure I must have seen it when it was in first run, but I honestly don't remember. So it was, you know, decades later when I bought the set on DVD that I actually remember watching the whole thing through. So I know I saw it in the mm-hmm. 70s but i just have no recollection of that at all you know i'm i'm right there with you man i i know it was on i probably watched it i don't mm-hmm. think i ever made a concerted effort to watch all of it but it was like there and then it went away and so yeah, it was I'm, very difficult to see for a long time i think i wasn't really a, a trekker at the time anyway so it wasn't something that i would have like made a beeline toward that mm-hmm. that didn't come until you know years later so I'm sure gotcha. I saw it. I just don't remember. Sure, sure, absolutely. Uh, what about you guys, Veronica? What about you? Um, Chuck sat me down and we watched um, <laughs> one of the episodes. It was half an hour ago. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, that also, but I do remember in our current house sitting down and watching the animated, well, an episode of the animated series, and it was one of the ones we watched today. It was like the most popular one with yeah. with Spock and yeah. being kid Spock and right all right yeah that's yesteryear i watched that one too it is well we'll talk about it but that's a that's a that's a standout (laughs) episode i think and that's episode two that's the second episode of the run Mm -hmm. which is amazing to me in all sorts of ways but uh mike what about you what uh what uh do you have any memories of watching as a kid oh yeah i remember watching it i remember seeing the one with harry mudd when i was a little kid and then I also remember Spock as a kid because he had the big teddy bear or whatever it was. And then it was also, I also remember for some reason, the very final episode, the one with uh, Robert April when they were all de-aging. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. I remember seeing that one because it was like when I started reading the books when I was a teenager, I already knew who Robert April was and, you know, in this, cause he was in this, a lot of the novels and such. And it was just yeah. interesting. I, I, it's, it's interesting. I mean, the, the, the series does a lot like to push forward continuity, to work with uh, previous uh, characters in the original series, and then start some new things that are really recognized as canon in the franchise mm-hmm. from here that start here. Um, which is pretty amazing for a show that lasted 22 episodes, which was like the, would they consider it two seasons, but it's like a season and a half, I think. Um, I am amazed when I rewatched the show and I, like I said, I, I'm like Alan, I don't remember much as a kid, uh, of watching this. I remember it was on, I don't know if I had any feelings towards it one way or another. I probably was not thrilled with some of the animation at the <laughs> time i might i might not have been um but did, i was used did, to but did you really stuff. think about that then 
I mean, I was did. it really? I did. Look, was, I'm the kind I'm of really guy, that, like, you know, I, I noticed like on the Flintstones, him like walking by the same couch over and over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares about that stuff, though? Come no, on. no, I did. It didn't stop me from watching it. <laughs> right. It didn't right, stop right. me from watching it. But uh, but anyway, um, but rewatching this series, I finally, like a few years ago, sat down and watched all of them because I think they were all. Yeah, they're all streaming. When I watched them, they were all streaming on Netflix. Now they're on Paramount Plus, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I was amazed at like these are like episodes not for not for kids like not for just mm-hmm. kids. No, anyway. no. Um, very very true. Yeah, um, like when you know that, that episode yesteryear, which we were just starting to talk about, um, <laughs> the the pet, the dog, whatever it's called, the teddy bear, as you call it, Mike, dies. Yes, like it, yeah. Like, <laughs> Spoiler like, alert. Yeah, that's that's a that's a rule. Like it's true. That you don't do in any movies or whatever. Don't kill the dog, right? Because people, <laughs> and yet they did it there, and that was a really surprising move. I felt on their part because that wasn't supposed to happen. That wasn't part of the history that Spock knew, and yet they they went ahead and did it for whatever reason. Um, mm-hmm. It's a very interesting episode about Spock. I mean, it focuses on Spock, but it also features the Guardian of Forever uh, again, which I love. I loved seeing yeah. that. From the classic episode City on the Edge of Forever. Um, I'm sure Harlan Nelson wasn't too happy about the appearance in the cartoon. But anyway, <laughs> like he wasn't happy about a lot of things. Harlan wasn't about happy about anything. Come it's on. True. You know better than that, Mike. Um, but that one really stood out for me as an example of, wow, this series really tried to do more than just your average kid show cartoon. Right. Is that is that yeah. what you guys felt, too? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and so, I, I don't think it was. I don't think it was just like the story elements. I am just the dialogue that they used because in the very first episode, Uhura has a line, and I wrote this down so I wouldn't forget it. And it's mm-hmm. she. It, it she says nine seconds right ascension from galactic plane. You don't say stuff like that in kids' <laughs> cartoons. So even just the dial the the choice of words that they would use mm-hmm. was not something that you would normally see in these kind of shows. Mm-hmm. What was so, interesting though with the cartoons was that they didn't have to introduce the characters all over again. They just went in like it was right, yeah. a continuation of the original series. Yeah. Which which was pretty awesome. So the uh I, I that's a that's a good point because you don't really get any backstory well, you do get some backstory, but you don't really like um it's all the characters are there. Almost everybody uh, from the crew of the first series, uh, the live action series is there, except for uh, Walter Koenig. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was told it was for, you know, or I, I read that it was for uh, financial reasons, but I'm like, did re- he really cost that much more at the time? <laughs> well, initially, they weren't going to bring back George Takei or uh, Nichelle Nichols either. Right. And really? it was Leonard Nimoy who put his foot down and said, well, you've got to. I mean, originally yes. they were going to be happy with Kirk, Spock, Scotty, uh, McCoy. Um, okay, but you know he felt like those were the the people of color needed to be on the show. That was a big part of what Star Trek was. And, sure, of course. I mean, if Leonard Nimoy is threatening to back out, then you're going to reconsider. Right, exactly. And you know, even though Walter Koenig is not part of the cast, he does get a script writing credit in the show. He yes, has an he episode, which so he's included in that way as well. Mm-hmm. 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 absolutely yeah it's very inclusive i don't know if any of the guest stars uh did their voices uh i yes i i, I, I it sounded you know, i was gonna say when i watched yesteryear uh with spock's dad it did sound like uh mark leonard 
Yeah, Mark uh, Leonard, Roger C. Carmel, and Stanley Adams all came back. Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. I also watched uh, the Tribbles one, uh, more trouble, more Tribbles, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And uh, um, Casey, Casey Jones, am I right? Uh, no, Cyrano. Tom Jones. Cyrano Jones, Cyrano thank you. Jones. Um, sounded like the same guy, too. I don't yep. know if mm-hmm. that's okay. He was Stanley so, Adams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then so, everyone else is. Um, that's James right, Dewan. friend Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else is what? I'm sorry. Ev- everyone else is James Dewan. <laughs> that man could do a lot of voices. I think a lot of people are surprised that his Scotty is not his actual, like when his voice is Scotty is not his actual accent. Yeah. I think he, I think he can do several voices very well, but then he does them a lot of times. Exactly. More than right. he does a lot of voices. Exactly right. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, that person has the same, you know, because while I was working, I had him playing on my other monitor and I was just like, you know, working and like, wait a minute, is that the same voice as the other character? <laughs> <You know? laughs> it was so, um, it was interesting. I, I right from the beginning when you watch this series, the opening credits uh mimic the opening credits of the live action show. Mm-hmm. The theme song is about as close as you can get it without being sued right. by Alexander Courage. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, it's so close. Um, and, and it, you, you know, the voiceover by, by Shatner sounds exactly the same. I don't know if he was able to just mimic himself or whether they actually use that audio clip, but, uh, um, and then when you start the episode, it, it has the same kind of, it starts to like it, every shot is the same way of the enterprise. You don't get terribly, even though they switched to animation, you don't get any terribly new shots of the Enterprise. It's yeah, mostly right. ones that they could do. It's almost like they were saying to themselves, okay, this is the original series animated. We're not going to do much more than they could do in their live action. Although they did do a few things with like characters and heck, they, there's one episode where there's a giant Spock, right? Like, <laughs> like so, so they were able to play around with that sort of thing, but they kept it grounded so that people who were familiar with the live action show would instantly recognize and be comfortable with this, I think. Yeah. Is that is that fair? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very much so. Yeah, I think it's amazing that the Enterprise is the Enterprise. The characters are the characters. They look like mm-hmm. themselves. They sound like themselves. If you've ever seen the, uh, there was a Lost in Space pilot for a cartoon in the 70s, and yes. it's got Jonathan Harris, and then a different group of Robinsons, a different yes. group, a different robot. It was, you know, it's the only thing. Jonathan Harris is the only thing the shows have in common, really. Um, really? So, I mean, Star Trek really could have gone that way. Where you, you could have had like Leonard Nimoy and a couple of kids and a dog <laughs> you know, <laughs> on a rocket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just a few years later, if they was made just a few years later, it would have been Star Trek Babies, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, we did get that in the final episode. So. Well, that's, <laughs> that's true. true. <laughs> I do think that uh, this show really did go beyond the confines of the studio that they were in when they made the original series. I think they did a lot to expand what you could do. And you see it in the very first episode where they're on this enormous like pod thing, ship or whatever it is. And that's something that they would never have been able to accomplish. And they do a lot of stuff like that with environments and with alien species and things like that. I think they they really made use of the animation while at the same time kept it very recognizably Star Trek. Mm -hmm. Well, did you see that they actually had the first premiere of something we got a lot of in the next gen? We got the holodeck for the first time Mm -hmm. in this cartoon. And when McCoy and Uhura and I think one other person 
they got stuck in the holodeck when it was the computer was possessed with you know the mm-hmm. sense of humor the practical joker episode mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I, I think one of the things that it did well was that it expanded the available technology on the ship where you see the, the the thing that like defends the bridge you know with lasers and stuff like that and instead of having like a, a big wetsuit to go out in space it's a force field that in you know enshrines you so they really they really stepped outside of what you would expect technologically from what the original series had done and yeah. gave lots of new things which i thought yeah. was, I loved I, I found that really exciting and mm-hmm. they do that while bringing back like Koloff and the Klingon ships and the right. Romulans. You know, they 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 can bring in the Kazenti, but also have you know a Gorn in the background of a scene. Like, right? It was a real effort to make it Star Trek, but then also make it Star Trek with an animation budget or well, budget and, and without the constraints of live action. They'll say because mm-hmm. it wasn't an expensive show, but um, they could do so many more things than they could do in live action. And I mean, from that first episode, just that that ship is incredible. Yes. And far beyond and, and beyond the farthest star. I almost said far beyond the stars. <laughs> and, and beyond the farthest <laughs> star. Um, and you get that that alien guy on the screen. And I mean, it's just like an epic science fiction from the very from the very first episode. Exactly. And it felt like the old series, like the episode where they went to the center of the galaxy and they ran into like the folks from the Salem Witch Trial mm-hmm. and you know, the one who looked like Satan and it was, it was just awesome. That felt like that was right out of the original series. And it was like, I wonder if that was an original script or something that they just didn't use and they put it into the animated. What I love about that one is that it's the moral at the end is sort of like, well, Lucifer's not so bad after all. He's just a yeah, guy. Exactly. He's just this guy. You know? Enjoy your cereal, kids. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's a like Satan. <laughs> exactly. Don't forget to buy your Satan toys later tonight. You know, uh, last week they were crying because you know Spock's pet died, and then this week yeah. they're like, "Lucifer's okay." I'm like, "What? <laughs> what are they teaching these kids?" <laughs> I, I actually loved it that Spock's celet died. I mean, that's that's something that one of the first losses a kid goes through. Hopefully, you know, mm-hmm. is having to deal with a, a, losing a pet, and I think yeah. that's something that's you know a nice weighty material for a kid's cartoon that's directly appealing to the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was interesting in that episode too because you got the alternate timeline with the other first officer, and yeah. which was pretty cool too. Yeah, yeah. they were a little slow on the uptake. Yeah, like if you yeah. come through a time portal and no one recognizes Spock, maybe be suspicious. Why? Why is this practical joke? This is getting pretty annoying, guys. <laughs> like, mm. <laughs> and how do you know it's an alternate timeline? And Dorians aren't blue. <laughs> <laughs> I love me some Andorians, so it's nice to see uh, that. Yep. Uh, but but um, alien races. Okay, we mentioned that uh, Chekhov was not uh, a part of the cast, but then in the replacement of him, they introduced uh, Lieutenant Eriks, uh, who I believe, and you know, you're going to have to correct me, especially if I'm pronouncing it wrong, but is an Indosian, right? Now, is that's a completely new species, as far as I'm concerned, like as mm-hmm. far as I know, and. Uh, I don't know. Is this the only time that Endosians or particularly Eric's appears? Lower Decks no. brought a couple of Endosians in. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. 
Of course, it's an animated series. They can do that. Right. <laughs> well, it's interesting, too, Mikey, because when DC Comics took over the Star Trek franchise for a bit, they actually had the return of the characters from the animated series in that mm. comic, in that run. So yep. they were both of them actually returned the helmsman and the communications officer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they were both Marath. in the Star Trek New Frontier books as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, very cool. Very the cool. The fans haven't so, forgotten. Yep. <laughs> the fans they don't forget anything they that's right right anything. on so um what about other episodes or other things about the series that you feel like was i mean you mentioned the adult stories and i think we have to credit uh i guess they were not really considered showrunners but it was dorothy fontana and david gerald who were basically in charge of this show right right yeah and i think they're the ones that kept the quality of the stories up uh yeah. i mean i think they're the ones who really uh are are should be credited for that and i know like we said that you know we keep parking on the on the, on the pet dying but people died too characters died in this series too they were not afraid and i that is that surprises me that that got past like the tv code people or whatever because i you know i was like that's that should be a no-no right it's interesting because they they basically were making Star Trek. This is basically yeah. the original series season four, and yeah. they they wrote it exactly like they were writing the, a, a new season of Star Trek. It's just that it happened to be animated instead of live action, and half an hour instead of an hour. Right, but but basically, there's no real tonal difference between the original series and any any episode of animated series. Yeah. And they were able to do some so many cool aliens. I love those yeah. guys in I the Beholder, like the the sort of slugs with like prehensile trunks. Those guys are some of the coolest aliens in Trek history. That's a that's a race that I want to see come back. Yeah. Whether mm-hmm. it be on, you know, Discovery so we can actually see them or I mean, it's something that lower decks should definitely do. Oh, yes. very much so. <laughs> I'd also would like to see those plant people come back, which yeah. would be really cool too. Yeah. yeah, they've they've referenced the Phylosians, but I don't think that we've seen one on Lower Decks. Mm-mm. Didn't we, though? Did we? I thought so. <laughs> I'm sure remember. we did. I don't remember, though. So okay. I defer to you in all of these matters. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> um, one of my standouts is the ambergris element, mm. because the majority of it takes place underwater which is an environment that the original series would have either not been able to or would have had a very difficult time doing. And, right. and I think it's such a, it, it, it throws our, our main cast into a whole new environment that they have never dealt with before. And I think it's so fascinating. And of course they're, they're trans, they're transmogrified into like water breathers and all this kind of stuff. And it's, I just love it. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. I think it's very imaginative. I think a lot of these episodes are very imaginative. Yeah. The only problem I found with some of them were that sometimes a lot of like the larger monsters and stuff, they all look the same no matter what planet they went to. It always felt like they used, reused the animation or something. It's like, that's one thing about the animated series. A dragon might jump out at any time, (laughs) no matter what's going on. (laughs) Exactly. Well, one thing, one thing is definitely true. Whether a dragon jumps out or it's a large bird or it's a bird like monster, they're all going to have exactly the same cry. (laughs) Well, (laughs) 
in the first episode, one of the monsters had Godzilla's cry. What do you oh, mean? Yeah. Oh, right. yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's the beast that uh, kills the aforementioned pet that in yesteryear. Yeah. Uh, it sounded mm, like Godzilla. Right. I was like, is Godzilla attacking him? <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> Mashup <but> time. I, <laughs> I'm like, mm, I guess Filmation had the rights to Godzilla, too, at the time. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, actually, though, wasn't that a Hanna-Barbera series later? Maybe. Uh, I think so. Anyway. Um, I have a question, real quick. I don't mean to cut you off. Absolutely, but no, no. We all, absolutely. we all, we all watch this as kids. Veronica, you're the only one of us who watched it for the first time as an adult. Yeah. And after after already seeing like Deep Space Nine and things. Yeah. So I mean, how how does it hold up for an adult viewer if you don't have that you know nostalgia for being ten years old and watching it? <laughs> I mean, it's the same as any cartoon to me, and it like you guys have been saying, it felt like Star Trek original series. Um, it just happened to be animated in the style of the Flintstones and the Jetsons, (laughs) which I didn't watch as a kid. (laughs) It wasn't, it wasn't a huge shocker to me. I wasn't expecting like super flashy animation because even the shows I watched as a kid, I was more likely to watch the the Jetsons and the Flintstones than any of the other. Yeah. Do you think it works in Star Trek? Oh yeah, absolutely. Good. I, I think it. I really like how they were able to pull in a lot of other um, alien type things because you do get a lot of uh, different noses and foreheads, aliens. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, but I you're, noticed you're that. able to expand it beyond that in in um, animated series and in books. Right. So yeah, you get trunks. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Michael Ew. Westmore was not an animator. He was just a makeup guy. Right. Uh, yep. And, and, uh, and with, uh, with uh, dare I say, fairly limited budget or scope. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Of, and time. foreheads, uh, noses, and that's what I think most of what he did in Next Generation. But, uh, but <laughs> well, yeah, they yeah. could do, they could play around a lot here. Um, as far as, and that's an interesting point, um, because, you know, I still feel like I'm watching as a kid. Mm. You know, I mean, I'm yeah. sort of surprised I can sort of watch it on both levels because I think I'm kind of a man child. So uh, <laughs> so when I watch it, I'm like, ooh, exciting. And I'm like watching it. I'm also thinking like, wow, when I was a kid, I probably thought some of this was boring. Mm. I can some see of it might have gone gone yeah. over my head or some of, yeah. you know, I, I need action, action, action at certain points, you know. Um, and, it, and it wasn't as silly as a lot of cartoons at that time were. No, yeah. it wasn't. No, not well, at all. Well. It, it was uh, yeah, the practical joker and things like that. But yeah, it, it wasn't but, Flintstone silly. Right. No. I mean, the practical joker is the next to the last episode, right? Mm. So it's like so late in the run. Well, right. no, it was it was four from the end, but still. Nobody was watching by the time it got to its second season. So. <laughs> no, you didn't have the great kazoo pop up or whatever, you know. <laughs> dum dum. Hello, dum dum. <laughs> Yeah, I, when I think about the stories, though, when I'm not watching it, I still see them through my mind's eye watching it with a kid, as a kid. I mean, I, I, before I even saw the show, I had read Alan Dean Foster's Log One, which was mm. the first three episodes, mm-hmm. which are fantastic episodes and epic in scope. And you have that great cover on the, on, the, on the book of Spock looking over the city of Shakar. And then so when I saw the show and I'm like, oh, this cartoon is from that book. <laughs> rather than the other way around <laughs> that's awesome but, i mean they, they, cool. they, there's a lot of great imaginative science fiction in the show whether the animation could always pull it off or not mm-hmm. right oh it was awesome to be able to see the different types of shuttlecrafts mm-hmm. or even the craft the hovercraft from the enterprise that floated above the water and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you wouldn't have been able to see that on a live yeah. action mm-hmm. show at the time 
and the aqua shuttle. The exactly. Aqua shuttle. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things about it to me, like I think that probably my least favorite episodes are the ones that tried to be they were they were sequels to things that happened on the original mm. series. I think so much of this show is very imaginative and and creative and it goes beyond what the original series did in a way that only an animated show could do but then it would step backwards to me and do a mud episode or a triple episode and you know and i just i don't enjoy those as much just because it's not something that's that's going forward it's not something new you know what i mean right going back to shore leave planet exactly but you got you got the glommers that's true. The glommers are cool. <laughs> yeah, I do love they the glommers. Cool. Never mentioned again. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, the, um, I could have done without the whole thing with Harry Mud and the love potion. And right. That was like, really? Mm. Now I think that. When I was 11, I was like, hey, Harry Mud's on this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> exactly. And But it's funny because, you know, now seeing that we've gotten, you know, discovery where we had rain wilson playing harry mudd also and <laughs> the some of the things and how vicious he is compared to the harry mudd in the old series you know he's lovable and you know almost like a cupcake compared to right. what rain wilson was playing him as right and if you're gonna basically just make it a completely different character just call him something else yeah exactly. don't call him harry mudd that's just stupid I I, I like both Harry Mudds. I do that. too. I will oh, say I do, I do too. I do too. But I feel like they're not even the same character. So mm. why do it that way? But I do mm. love both of them. Oh yeah. Yeah. Going down um, a rabbit hole. Mention, yeah, we'll get off the discovery uh, commentary because I could go on for that as well. Uh but uh I'm gonna um you guys mentioned that uh you know that's it's a smart show. It's got really cool sci-fi concepts. And I think part of the reason, too, is because you've got some real smart sci-fi brains behind the mm -hmm. show writing episodes. Definitely. Whether it's Samuel A. Peoples or Larry Niven. Larry Niven! Yeah. They adapted a Larry mm -hmm. Niven story. Like, right? No, oh, Larry Niven that. did. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who does that? That's, that's, that's outstanding. <laughs> Larry Niven does. Exactly. Because <laughs> that's a part, of, a part of his contract, I guess. Uh, <laughs> But uh, that's that's that to me is like saying that they're not afraid to like really embrace mm -hmm. science fiction and science fiction concepts, um, which is pretty cool. Because, yeah, most of the other cartoons that I was watching at the time were just like punch, punch, bang, bang, you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas this one is exploring things a lot more. Um, and that's probably why the series got uh, an Emmy as one of the mm. uh, earliest Star Trek, uh, actually the earliest award. Uh, to a Star Trek series, you know, in their history, uh, went to the animated series for Outstanding Entertainment Children's Series, which, you know, if they were killing people left and right and having all these, uh, you know, mind-blowing oh, yeah. concepts, they that was still noticed as being a cool program mm. for children, which was right. kind of cool. Right. Yeah. Which probably means they didn't watch the show. I'm no, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we kind of talked about this a little bit, but I know that there's always been... I think it's less now, but a long for a long time, uh, especially once next next generation came back and they started building this sort of expanded universe with Deep Space Nine and all of that. The the fans were wondering where is the animated series? Is this canon? Is this not canon? Does it count? Do we should we watch it? Et cetera, et cetera. Should we spend time with it? Uh, um, um, 
Where do you guys stand on that sort of thing? First of all, I don't know. Has it been established that, yes, this is canon? I think I think they have because, I mean, it's Star Trek and it was on TV. I think it's it's more canon than any of the books are. Um, right. But mm-hmm. also, I'm wondering how much Strange New World is, world is canon because in yesteryear, Spock's pet died. And as the, the kid Spock knew he died, but the adult Spock that later is supposed to be Spock went back and remembers his pet not dying. But Ethan Peck Spock said that his pet died. So it's clearly this Spock remembers that his pet died. So this is a different universe. So you think Strange New Worlds is a product of that trip through the Guardian? Yes. Oh, interesting. Going deep. Wow. Now, if I remember correctly, TAS did get officially decanonized for a while yeah yeah i yes. think that's what roddenberry would say but, but then they yes. would keep referencing it on the shows the writers exactly would keep putting in tas references exactly so, and and i think now with the the amount of stuff that has been factored into particularly lower decks i think that you have to consider it and i certainly do personally it is 100 percent canon in my head yeah mm-hmm. i'd say it's canon unless it's contradicted by something else sure you know what i mean <laughs> Um, Which they do all the time. I was going to say that's true for anything, though, right? Right, right. But like the Orions were blue, and you know Robert (laughs) April was white, and you know the the animated series didn't get it all right. Exactly. (laughs) There you go. They had some color problems, right? Uh, Like I said, I think this was the first time, and maybe the only time. You have to correct me if I'm wrong, because my memory's not there. The only time Captain April is shown. Not that he mentioned, but that he's shown. Like, this is the the only thing that he's appears in, right? Well, he's still Strange Strange New World. Strange New World. Yep. Gotcha. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Um, Because I always get it confused. April's before Pike? Yes. That's right. Well, he's definitely before May and and June. (laughs) (laughs) But the the Star Trek calendar calendar goes April. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. Archer. Pike <laughs> in April, right? Right. Or no, wait. I get it no, confused. So. You got it confused. Because <laughs> I think there's been we could name probably twelve star uh, captains of the Enterprise by now, right? So we could have a full calendar. Yeah, we could get there. Yeah, sure. <laughs> as long as it ends with Kirk. No. <laughs> so what? Uh, what do you feel in the series? Is is that the series brought to light or started that is canon now or should be canon now? Well, I think a lot of fleshing out on Vulcan. I think it's a, a great portrayal of Vulcan. You know, but we we saw a little bit of it in Arena in the original series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not Arena in a muck time in the original series. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's oh. embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> and how but long it, have you guys been doing a Star Trek podcast? Well, you know, a, a red sky and some rocks. You know what I mean. Yeah. And then even when they went back to the remastered version of a Muck Time, they put in the city from yesteryear mm-hmm. in, the, in the distance. Mm-hmm. So I think that I mean that those glimpses of Vulcan with you know, like I said, without the constraints of a live action series at that time, I think were invaluable to to developing Star Trek. And it was yes. awesome to see that's how they treated the other Vulcans were treating Spock also. You know, Which we have seen human. in live action since then. Since mm-hmm. then, yes, but not before. Well, they lifted entire lines of dialogue from yesteryear for the 2009 movie. <laughs> yeah, they did. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, this isn't exactly 
like to the question that you just asked, but um, I think that one of the things that it, it kind of goes along with what you're saying. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that I think is a strength in this show is that it actually found opportunities to give good material to uh, Nichelle Nichols. Gotcha. So I think in a lot of ways, this may have like established that your women characters should have more prominent roles. So you have an episode where she is in command of the Enterprise in um, what's it? a slaver weapon. You have uh, Spock, Kirk, I mean, sorry, Spock, Uhura and Sulu on an away mission. So the entire episode basically is those three characters. Mm-hmm. Two of those characters never get to lead an episode. Right. You know, so I think that I think it did a lot to further not only Uhura's character, but but women roles in in, in Star Trek. Yeah, no, I, I was actually um, I was actually surprised when I was watching the Tribbles uh, sequel uh, at one point, the Enterprise is disabled, and the mm. Klingon uh, ship is there, uh, menacing and threatening to destroy it. And there, you know, Kirk tries the phasers, the photon torpedoes, nothing works, right? And or her, they cut to her, and she goes, "Why don't we just throw rocks at it?" And I was like, <laughs> "Right." I was like, "Wow, she never would have gotten that like shot in that line in an original series episode. She yeah. never would have." Uh, so I thought that was that alone, just little things like that, mm-hmm. uh, made those characters. And like you said, if uh, uh, the story is true that Nimoy was like, "Let's get these people in on board." Um, it gave them more time and more opportunity mm-hmm. to flesh out those characters as well. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I think a big so thing it, it did more too. Of an ensemble. Yeah, I think a big thing it did too was it brought Star Trek back for the first time intact, which there's mm-hmm. a lot of ways that 1960s TV shows have been revisited over the last 50 years, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of them don't bring back the original cast, don't honor the the history of what happened on the show. You know, and I think that's something that sort of has become part of what Star Trek is, is continuing the stories, Mm -hmm. you know? Yes, there was a there was an absolute continuity. There's a definite through line from the first episode of the original series up through the last episode of the animated series and beyond that. And I think that that is something that was definitely a difference in most of what was being done at the time on Saturday cartoons. Right. No, agree completely. It felt like it was a continuation, like we've said. Like when you watch like the Gilligan's Island animated <laughs> show or something, you don't free- think it's a continuation of the uh, the series. Right. This right. you do and everything. Well, so. you know, the, the Gilligan verse is so, <laughs> so complicated. It's so right complex. There, yeah. It's yeah. so exactly. interwoven. <laughs> exactly. What, that, you want to talk about a continuity mess. Oh, right. <laughs> How many times has that poor transistor radio died? Come on. <laughs> Have there been any references to the animated series in, you know, later Trek that you really mm-hmm. appreciated? I love that Lower Decks is now just putting animated series aliens in the show. Yes. You'll have a Kazenti at the helm. Yes. You'll have, you know, an Adosian just steps off the transporter pad. You know, like it's it's just all part of that world. And but it's there was... a different if it's a different tone and everything, but it should be noted, I believe, you know, I might be mistaken again. Lower Decks is the first animated series since the animated mm-hmm. series for Star That's Trek right. of the franchise, right? So yep. yeah. it would it, it it pays homage to it in that way, which is kind of nice. Connects mm-hmm. to it that way, which is kind of nice. 
right? And I've said this from day one of Lower Decks. I'm ready and I want them to do an episode in the style of filmation of 1973 <laughs> animated series. Like either they they go back to something that happens in the original series. But, you know, as, as we know, uh, two of the main characters from Lower Decks are going to be doing live action appearances in season two of Strange New Worlds. So they're kind of already pulling that stunt in a different mm-hmm. way, but I, I 100% want a Lower Decks episode in that filmation style. And season totally four is it. the time to do it because yeah. the 50th anniversary is this September 8th. Yeah, that's very true. Very true. Yeah. I hope they have that already. I know. But if they're listening to Earth Station Trek, then we've been talking about it for a couple of years. <laughs> well, you so. know they do. <laughs> They've got no excuse. You know they do. And and when I say that, I mean to every detail. I mean, you know, when you watch the original animated series and you look at the 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 coloration of the animation, why could they make teeth white but not the white of the eyes white? <laughs> why? So that I want that detail, re, uh, you know, maintained <laughs> in Lower Decks when and I say when they do their filmation yeah. style episode. It would out, be though, nice. It, Kind of like the trouble, the, like the Tribbles episode with Deep Space Nine, where they go back and it's like it looks like the original series Klingons. It looks like the mm-hmm. like yeah. it, it's like they went back and actually interacted with an episode, mm-hmm. an original the original series style, which yes. uh, was kind of fun. So yeah, something of that nature you're talking about. Hundred percent. Yeah. Oh yeah. And on lower decks, anytime you see Kirk or Spock in a photograph and that sort of thing, they're animated series style. Mm-hmm. They've done that up to this point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I hope that happens. Uh, I would love for that to happen. I unfortunately have lost faith in Paramount uh, for years now. Uh, ever since, you know, when they uh, when they had the 50th anniversary of the entire franchise, they dropped the ball. They didn't well, do anything. Yeah. Um, which which was well, surprising to me. They had, yeah, but a it movie. wasn't. It, but it didn't really celebrate the 50th anniversary. Mm. Not like you know. Not like another franchise we could name, which did really like like went <laughs> balls to the wall as far as celebrating fifty years of Doctor Who, right? Like right. Yeah. I was like, okay, a couple years from now, it's going to be Star Trek's anniversary. It's going to be a big deal. They're going to do a lot of stuff, and wah, wah. like <laughs> they just didn't really do much, right? Right, suckers. You, no. you would have thought that the one thing that would have happened would be a Google Doodle, and there wasn't even that. <laughs> I mean, there was nothing, <laughs> right? Squat. Yeah, sometimes I, I, you know, I don't know if they, now that was a different time. That was years ago. So who knows this now with mm-hmm. everything that Star Trek is, that all the money they pouring into Star Trek, yeah. all the shows they've got going on, possibly a movie franchise. We don't know. It's a flip yeah. a coin, whether it's on or off. Yeah, right. Totally. Um, and uh, there's a lot of stuff coming up ahead. So it sounds like it's really an exciting time. And maybe just maybe that the people that are in charge will actually do some some more things uh, in reference yeah. to anniversaries and all of that thing. I mean, just mm-hmm. like, uh, I mean, it's on, it's on a different side, but I'm like really hoping that this last season of Picard is really like a final love letter to next generation. Right. So, um, you know, I will see, but uh, you know. Yeah. I, I think that the people who are currently running Star Trek, I, I can't see them dropping the ball on a, big anniversary in a few years i just mm-hmm. don't think that's gonna I, I really feel like they will do something that's gonna like yeah because it'll be 60 right 60 yeah, yeah. yep 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I think they will definitely pave a path towards something big. Yeah. And as, mm-hmm. as the current shows have gone along, they've been getting the right people in place. Mm-hmm. And that makes 100%. a big difference. hundred um, percent. And it, it's taken a little bit of doing, but there, I mean, there, we've got some really strong people working on Star Trek right now. So it's, I'm encouraged. And, and just looking at the fact that every year they do something for Star Trek day. Mm. They do something for Picard day. First contact I think day. that they, First contact day, that's what I meant to say. I, I think that you're seeing that they are taking note of these things. Even these like biannual things that are happening, once you get to a 60th anniversary, there's no way they will let that pass without yeah. doing something for it. There's like three Star Trek holidays per year now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but we well, have a plan around There could that. be more. There could be more, you know, with everything that's out there continuity-wise, I'm sure. Right. Um, they are, uh, is there someone, I can't, I've, I'm struggling to think, is there someone that is the person in charge of the whole franchise or is mm-hmm. it still delegated out to a bunch mm-hmm. of people? Al- Alex Kurtzman is over the whole thing. Yep. But then you've got, um, you know, like Terry Metalis and Michelle Paradise and Mike McMahon and the Hageman brothers. And they're all sort of, they've got their own shows that are, but he's sort of the, the guy uh, over the whole thing and keeping everything organized and bringing new people on board. He's is that the orchestra of- conductor. Is that true of just the TV material, the streaming stuff, or is that true of the movies as well, or potential movie or whatever? <laughs> Who knows? We'll yeah. see. If, if a movie gets off the ground, we'll find out. Right. <laughs> there has been That's talk the about the, the Kurtzman team in, in the process of a film, but who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows? We'll mm-hmm. see. I'm, I'm happy with it staying on television. Uh, I do think getting back to the animated series now, um, obviously it's a shame that it was never, that it only went, you know, 22 episodes, uh, especially as long as most of the cast was still around, there was no excuse for why they couldn't do voice work, Mm -hmm. right. For a new Star Trek series, if they wanted to go in that direction. So it's kind of a shame that that hasn't happened. Obviously, if it was to happen now, uh, there's a lot of people that would be missing from that. Uh, oh, you know? of course. So, I mean, you wouldn't have all the voices that James Dewan was doing. Right? <laughs> so, that's like, true. You had to, you had to that's like, that his, his son's that's not like, too bad. Yeah, that's his like three quarters of the universe. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the women were all Michelle, uh, Major Barrett and Michelle Nichols. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, we talked about it kind of hoping, you know, might be cool to have it interact some way with lower decks, but would you like to, would, how about seeing some other, like, animated series uh well we haven't talked about prodigy and that's its own thing but um Mm -hmm. i mean now there does seem to be a case for a legitimate case for star trek animated shows do you think more is is welcome oh sure definitely i think so and I think more in the style of the animated series would work. You've got shows like Archer now right. and, or Space Ghost that are deliberately throwing back to that style. I mean, right. I say get Shatner and <laughs> do a, a, a Captain Kirk Archer. Uh, I would watch it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now I want that to happen. That would be a different tone altogether. <laughs> there was uh, – I don't remember, like 10 or whatever years ago, there was a book called bleep my dad says mm-hmm. yep. which they mm-hmm. then turned into a tv series that starred william shatner so we could do an animated version of that and just called bleep my captain says <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome <laughs> although it does seem like a lot of the the cast 
the characters anyway are now being replaced by live action people on on we've already seen that happen on mm-hmm. strange new worlds yeah um now i think um ellen you mentioned that you two of the characters from the animated series are going to are scheduled to be on next uh strange yeah. Girls. Is that Boimler and mariner uh-huh yeah okay okay that, are gonna... they, is that crew are they going to be crew members or are they well they're just going to be themselves they're just yeah. going to be gonna... their characters somehow transported into the strange world. new world's uh yeah. setting Mm-hmm. And from what I from what I understand, they start animated. They end yeah. up live action in the episode, and then you know at the end they're back to their animated selves. So yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. So Strange New Worlds is gonna is going to like show people animated on the show? No. Yeah. Well, yeah. No. Yes. Well, yes. And yes. No. They're gonna show <laughs> lower decks people who then jump into live action. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. I see. Gotcha. Yes. yes. Played by their voice actors, of course. Right. Okay. Right. Oh, so okay. I'm sorry. So that's those are people from Lower Decks. That's right. Okay. I right. I'm sorry. I was confused. I thought some people from uh, some characters from the an- original animated series no. were going to no. be on Strange New World. No, no, no. Not so far so, as we know. But I would gotcha. love for Eric's to come walking down a hallway. You could do Eric's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, you know, I mean, all he's three not arms exactly going. A, hey, <laughs> on the on the uh, animated series, he's not exactly a cadet, right? So he he yeah. does have a backstory that could yeah he be, was. Yeah. He was a lieutenant was, on the original, yeah. on the animated series. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you could have Cadet Eric's or, you know, Ensign Eric's. He could be a, a classmate of Uhura's. Mm-hmm. I would yeah. like to see him and Mares both mm-hmm. on yeah. on Strange New Worlds at some point. Yeah. Mares would be that hard to do, to do either. Yeah. yeah, definitely she would, yeah. Yeah. Um as we're getting ready to slowly wind down here, um, what else? Anything else about the animated series that uh, you, you feel it works for you, is, is special to you, um, is a legacy for you guys uh, as far as the impact that it has? Uh, is it, um, I mean, I think we all enjoy it. You feel like it's a must watch for Trek fans? Only a couple of the episodes, I'd say. <laughs> but then I've only also watched a couple of the episodes. So <laughs> I was going to say, Veronica, do you, do you know what specific specific ones that in mind when you say a couple? Yesteryear and the triples, and there was one other that I don't remember. Beyond the farthest star. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the most re- recent three. <laughs> that's that, we that's, that sounds that's right. The ones that they mention <laughs> when they're talking about the animated series. Those are the three that they always bring up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, so you haven't seen all of them, is that? Am I, am I I've seen? I've seen them. Just because I've seen them doesn't mean I remember them. No, she's <laughs> seen she's seen several in different contexts over the last twelve years that I've known her. But um, <laughs> I don't think you've ever sat down and just watched all of them, have you? No, no. But I, the, for me, the biggest thing is like when like when I found the original series and I watched it and I had seen it all, and then some time goes by and then I find out there's more. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. all these additional episodes that I hadn't seen. And I think that's that's the fun thing. If you fall in love with the original series, you've got the six movies and then Generations kind of. And then you've got the 79 episodes. Right. But then once you finish those, it's like, oh, I'm done. But you're not because yeah. there's still the animated series and there's still new. I mean, you could anytime you could sit down and, and hear at least uh, like DeForest <laughs> Kelly playing McCoy and Leonard Nimoy playing Spock. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't say no to that. Exactly. I also think that it's kind of required viewing uh, simply because the more you know of past Trek, the more you're going to understand references when they happen in Discovery and Strange New Worlds and Lower Decks and Prodigy. 
Mm-hmm. I think, and and there are a lot, especially in Lower Decks, that have taken from the original animated series. And I think you should watch it now to get those references. And so you'll be prepared for whatever new references they throw at you in the next season. Mm-hmm. Or but, you can just listen to our podcast and Chuck will explain them all to you. <laughs> Perfect. That's pitch. what I do. That's right. Earth Station Threat. Chuck explains it all. But at the same time, it, it's a fantastic series. And I think everybody should watch it just because it's great. Yes. That's watch awesome. it. And then Chuck will then also explain it to you. Exactly. <laughs> Man, it sounds like if you don't have a Chuck, you're out of luck. Yep. <laughs> Earthstationtrek.podbean.com. Right. Wow, it's not even shout outs yet, and they're doing that. That's awesome. Uh, Mike, what about you? What uh, What do you feel like uh, is the legacy of this series? Well, it's a, for me, like I've been saying, the legacy of the series, it's the continuation of the original series. It is the fourth season, and it's fun, and you just. It's wonderful hearing, you know, DeForest. It's fun hearing Leonard Nimoy. It's fun hearing James Doohan in multiple characters. It's, you know, and it's Shatner. And, you know, I had a Shatneriest out of, you know, and it's just, it's just, it's fun. The only thing there was missing was a, you know, green Orion slave girl or something for him, you know. And even that warrior woman was coming on to him in that one episode, and he was like, oh, I don't have the time for it right now. It's like, yeah, it's Saturday morning. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> well, that and the episodes were half as long. So he's like, I've really got to get this done. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, uh, thanks, guys. I, I also think um, I think the Star Trek animated series uh, stands on its own. Uh, you know, it's good to you. It's good to watch for, you know, the sake of getting early references and all that other stuff. But as we've all talked about, it's good Star Trek. It is the, the people that made it. Um, and again, shout out to David Gerald and Dorothy Fontana. Um, they treat, they treated it seriously. This was their fourth season of Star Trek. They did not go in and do anything different that they wouldn't have done on on a regular Star Trek episode, except as we pointed out, it's a little shorter, and uh, maybe they could expand. Uh, you know, they could have a, a a huge set instead of like you know we're not constricted to a budgetary reasons. Although, let's face it, the animation was kind of limited in some a lot of ways too. Oh, um, so were the sound effects. Whenever the Enterprise got hit by anything, it sounded like a car was hitting. Two cars were yeah. hitting or something. Uh, I think the music was great. Um, you know, I mean, it was that definitely of that time, but I, when I hear it, 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 you know, it's, it, it's dramatic, much the same way that, uh, the, the, the original series was dramatic, even though they're done by different people. Um, and there's, it's about exploration. It's about science. It's about science fiction concepts that I feel like, um, you know, are, is, is not, um, I don't want to say it's not part of Star Trek anymore, but it's like is is it just feels like um, they are reminiscent of what the original series was trying to do, as opposed to concentrate on being a character drama, which is what a lot of TV is now, right? They were telling, mm-hmm. they were exploring concepts as writers, in addition to exploring concepts as uh, characters, and uh, I just love that. I love that a lot. Um, like I said, I think it stands on its own as well. But it's a if you're if you're a fan of the original series and you have not watched the animated series, you owe it to yourself to do so, um, because I think it's a it's a great con- uh, continuation. 
So, and it's available on, well, I think it's fun. Isn't it on Blu-ray now or just DVD? It's on both. Okay. It's on both. I don't know if it's been like remastered or anything, but it looked good mm-hmm. on Paramount Plus. So, I mean, I, it looked probably better than I saw it when I was watching it in the seventies <laughs> or whatever. Right. 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 <laughs> Looked at, and there's no commercials, at least not if you have Paramount Plus, you know, the package, the, uh, the, the big package. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, that, I guess, sums up uh, the animated series. So thanks, guys. Uh, we're going to be right back and uh, we're going to close out the show. Hi, this is Ashley Pauls with this week's Box Office Buzz. If you're noticing that my voice sounds a little bit different than normal, that's because I had a rather adventurous Friday and I tripped on the sidewalk walking into work and face planted straight on the concrete, caught the concrete with my face and um, definitely not an experience I'd recommend. So... Um, I'm going to be taking things easy. Probably will not be getting out to the theaters this week. Um, There's not a whole lot going on. Of course, the Super Bowl is the big news this weekend. I have to take just a pause to give a shout out to my regional team. The Kansas City Chiefs is the closest NFL team to where I live. So it's always cool to see somebody local go all the way to the top. But if you're not in the mood to watch the Super Bowl and want to head to the theaters instead, you can catch the 25th anniversary of Titanic on the big screen, which I'm actually kind of interested in. I have just seen Titanic on the small screen on TV, whether it's airing on cable or renting it. And I think it would be really interesting to see it on an IMAX screen and just see it in the theater. So that might be kind of interesting. Not sure if I'll get a chance to see it or not, but I guess... If you think James Cameron is in need of more money, you can go see that. There's also a film noir called Marlowe starring um, Liam Neeson about a detective, 1930s. I feel like there's been a resurgence of these type of period crime dramas, which I'm all about. I really love Agatha Christie, anything kind of in that vein. So that might be something interesting to check out as well. And over on streaming, I've been hearing nothing but good things about The Last of Us. I haven't gotten a chance to get caught up on that yet, but definitely want to. Been hearing lots of good things. I know a lot of times people are nervous when it comes to video game adaptations. Don't always transfer very well to the screen, but it sounds like this is a good one. So I'm looking forward to seeing it eventually. That's it for this week's Box Office Buzz. If you're looking for more entertainment-related content, be sure to check out my blog over on the ESO podcast website. In the mood to listen to some geeky conversations? Feel like the internet isn't the best place for an in-depth, respectful exchange of ideas? Then head on down to the 42Cast. It's a weekly show that covers a new geeky topic in comics, TV, movies, literature, or video games every week. We can be informative. Back in my day, kids, Pluto was a planet, so it's going to stay a planet. (laughs) Irreverent. You learn so much from the X-Men. I mean, really. That Wolverine is the most important character no matter what. Strange. It's like, you know, Grodd if he went into theology or something. Right? Or controversial. I believe and I will swear to my dying day that the Marvel Cinematic Universe began with Howard the Duck. Find us on Stitcher Radio, iTunes, 42cast.com, or esopodcast.com. It's the 42cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything.
Hey everybody, Michelle here with an iconic rock talk show moment. The pandemic's got to be over because festivals are back in a big, big way. And chances are somebody you really like is playing at one or more of them. I don't know the ticket situation for each of these festivals, but if they're sold out, of course, there's always StubHub and other avenues, so it never hurts to log on and check it out. And they're starting up pretty soon, too, in April. Uh, the Shaky Knees Festival in Atlanta, shakingkneesfestival.com. Uh, some of the big names there, Killers, Muse, Lumineers, and 311. Uh, also, April brings us Coachella, coachella.com. That's out in California. The list is a mile long for that one. Uh, Blondie, Bjork, Rosalia, Chemical Brothers, of course, many, many more. Uh, also in April, at the very end, a birthday celebration so big it takes two days. Willie Nelson's 90th birthday, April 29th and 30th at the Hollywood Bowl, willienelson90.com. Uh, among the many friends coming to join him, Casey Musgraves, Neil Young, Tom Jones, Snoop Dogg, Lyle Lovett. And then in May, if you love the 80s, you'll love the Cruel World Festival, cruelworldfest.com. Susie Sue, Echo and the Bunnymen, Gary Newman, Billy Idol, Human League, that's all in Pasadena, California. And in June in Tennessee, Bonnaroo. Used to be you could see a show for $25 at Bonnaroo. It's $25 down. Uh... Artists for Bonnaroo include Kendrick Lamar, Lil Nas X, Korn, My Morning Jacket, Cheryl Crow, Foo Fighters, Paramore, Franz Ferdinand, and, of course, as they say, many, many more. So uh, check your work schedule, ask for your days off, and check out a festival this summer. This is the Iconic Rock Talk Show moment. The blog is iconicrocktalkshow.wordpress.com. Put in my reaction to this year's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ballot. Fan voting is open now. Vote at rockhall.com. We'll catch you next time. Everyone these days could use a little support, and your friends at the ESO Network are no different with the ESO Network Patreon. The cool thing is, is when you help support us, it's you who will benefit. With four tiers starting for as little as 25 cents a week, you can listen to some of your favorite network podcasts early, hear exclusive content, maybe get some ESO swag, or even possibly take a shot at the geek seat. All you need to do is sign up at patreon.com backslash ESO Network. So that's going to wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. Let's thank our guests for being here. Veronica, thank you as always for joining us. Yes. Anything you want, you want to promote uh, or anything? Uh, yeah. So, uh, Earth, listen to Earth Station Trek. Um, we have another podcast on the ESO Network, Monkeying Around, a podcast about the monkeys. And of uh, Chuck and I also have a little puppet performance uh, company, Felt Nerdy. Check us out, feltnerdy.com. We have some shows coming up which you will the most coming up one is probably going to come out <laughs> okay so i'm not the only episode. one i'm not the only one tonight folks. No. This is it's the coming up it's the raviest yeah yeah that's awesome definitely find them on the earth dso network very cool folks and charles thank you my friend you're welcome 
Anything you want to shout out about? Yeah, I'm on Earth Station Trek and <laughs> Felt Nerdy and Monkeying Around, a podcast about the monkeys. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I love yeah, what you guys are doing on the monkey stuff. It's well, thank you. tons of fun. By the way, you guys have blown me away and earlier today when you were talking about like a, a, another universe spewed up from the animated series. We have the Kelvin universe, which is the movies. Now I'm thinking we have the I Chaya universe, maybe? <laughs> <Yeah>. like... <laughs> <laughs> One where the the beast is alive and one where the beast is dead, right? So yep. uh, that is really interesting. It's Schrodinger's Ichaya. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. That is awesome. And Alan, sir, always an honor to have you on the show. Well, thank you so much for the invitation. Anything so, you want to promote? Well, or talk or shout out about it. it doesn't even have to be your music podcast. We have another 10 minutes. Like. We're going to be here a while. Oh, 10 oh, minutes. Yeah. Well, then. No. Well, okay. um, so, yeah, I am part of Earth Station Trek, just like <laughs> my buddies, Veronica and Charles. But I also have another podcast on the ESO Network, and it is called Modern Musicology. And it is a show that ranges in topic from... I mean, it can be anything. It can be concept albums. It can be a Beatles retrospective. It can be metal. It can be prog. Whatever we think of. Our next episode, we just did an interview with um, Richard Evans, who wrote a book about the rise of electronic pop music in the late 70s and early 80s. And we're going to jump from that. Next week, our, our next episode is going to be the albums of 1973. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Which is when the animated series debuted. So, wow. How what a nice about tie-in. that? What a tie-in. <laughs> Who would have expected that? What a segue. Yes, very much so. <laughs> what a Seague. Of course. And Mr. Mike, we've made it through another one, my friend. We have. And as always, it's my pleasure. Anything you're going to shout out about, sir? Yes, I want to give a big shout out, a huge congratulations, high five to my cousin, Ryan Suffren, for his Grammy win for Best Music Film. Uh, he co-directed Jazz Fest, A New Orleans Story, oh, and cool. uh, uh, he uh, he accepted the Grammy. It was cool to see him. I saw pictures of him on stage. I didn't actually see the video. Um, if anybody wants to hear from Ryan himself, talk about the movie and other stuff, his career, uh, please check out our episode that we did last year. Um, it's episode 639, where we, uh, interviewed him and, and all sorts of documentaries that he's worked on. But, uh, obviously, you know, I, I can safely say that nobody else in my family is even close to getting an EGOT. But he is now one down and three to go. So uh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for Ryan, actually. Uh, very cool. And wow. uh, I know he's getting a lot of hate mail from Adele fans. So I uh, I, I hope uh, he's able to weather that storm. But uh, anyway. <laughs> is he nominated for an Academy Award because for Best Documentary? I don't know if that, you know what? That's a good question. I don't know if that one's up for that award or not. I should uh, check that out. Oh, definitely. Definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, he might be able to get two. Exactly, he might be down to two, and you might he might become the most famous member of your family yet, sir. So, but you know, you know, compared to a podcaster, that's nothing, of course. You know, that's you know, I know. I look, all, I'm not. Yeah, I'm all not those offended. podcast riches we're living in. You know, it's awesome. It is very cool. Um, not to bring the show down at all, but you know. For those who have been paying attention to the news and such, um, yesterday, as of this recording, there was a horrific earthquake 
in the Middle East and a lot of Turkey and Syria was destroyed beyond belief. Mm. And it is one of the strongest earthquakes on modern record. And I think it's over 6,000 people have died because of it as wow. of earlier today. And it's just amazing, you know, seeing 2,000-year-old castles destroyed or seeing whole city blocks, like, li liquefied and rubble everywhere. It's just horrifying to see. And if any of you guys at home, you know, we usually don't ask for much. You know, we, I'm holding off from asking about the Patreon or helping supporting the network right now because this takes precedence on stuff like that. And, you know, check out, you know, the American Red Cross or check out some of the other charities that are out there that are sending. They could use money right now, folks. Don't send them sheets. Don't send them canned goods or whatever. You know, money is the way to go with it. And, you know, if you have a couple bucks in your pocket, instead of buying, you know, downloading a new song by Adele, because, you know, we're anti-Adele right now because of the death threats from Mike's wow. cousin. But, you know, but it's like literally, you know, all joking aside, if you have anything that you could do to help out, it would be hugely appreciated. And, you know, it's just, it's horrifying to see and it's heartbreaking to see these families that, you know, loved ones are buried under rubble or stuff or their whole lives are destroyed in moments. It's just, you can't even, exp you know, picture what it's like. And it's, you know, it's just sad. And folks, just, you know, be thankful for what you got and, you know, hug your loved ones, look around your house and go, you know, no matter how bad it, it is, can't it could always be worse. And it can be worse. Trust me. You know, just be thankful for what it is and help however you can. That's all we're going to ask. And we've always had a link up on our show notes for the American Red Cross. So we'll try to put a couple more charities up there if we can. But definitely do what you can. That's all. That's all we ask from any of us here. All right. We're wrapping up the show tonight. <laughs> Sorry to end on a downer because it was a ton of fun having you guys on. Love talking about the animated series, folks. And as always, thanks for listening to the Your Station One podcast. We couldn't do this without you. We want to hear from you guys. Feedback at earthstation1.com is always the way to get in touch with us. Remember, you could also find Earth Station One wherever fine podcasts are found. And now Earth Station One can also be found in video format up on YouTube. Please subscribe and tell all your friends about us. On behalf of myself, Mr. Mike Faber, of course, Mr. Mike Gordon, and of course, Alan, Veronica, Charles, Earth Station Trek. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We do appreciate you. And, you know, your other member, Keith, hope you get better soon, friend. We miss you. All right. That's it. Go home. We're done. Let's be my boy. We'll see you guys later next time on First Station One. Peace. And we're done. Boom. Bye. See ya. You've been listening to the Air Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Air Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our T Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. 
but become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.